Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we talk with Kyle Curtin, a professional trail runner for Ultra based in Durango, Colorado. Kyle is lining up for the Western States 100 this year, following a ninth place finish at last year's event. Before we get started, though, this episode of Single Track is brought to you by Soar Running. Soar Running, that's S-O-A-R Running, are a London-based high-performance running apparel brand. Why am I excited to partner with Soar? Well, if you're like me, you take pride in your running gear and you want the best. That's why I'm stoked about this brand. They are pushing the running apparel boundaries when it comes to producing gear that we care about, like wet and cold weather layers and racing kits. I'm also excited because they are finally moving into the trail running space. After years in the figurative lab, they have launched a trail-specific clothing line that I've had a chance to test. Specifically, their half-zip t-shirts, trail race vests, and trail shorts, all out on multi-hour runs in my backyard of the Wasatch Range. This apparel is the real deal. If you want help getting kitted out for your training and racing needs, Soar is offering us an exclusive 20% savings at SoarRunning.com. All you got to do is enter the code SINGLETRACK20 at checkout, but act fast. This code is only valid through June and July. I'm stoked, people, and I care about you all. I wouldn't be endorsing something if I didn't believe in it and use it myself, so go check out Soar Running when you get a chance. With that, let's get on with the show. All right. Kyle Curtin, welcome to the Single Track Podcast. Thanks, Finn. This is our first time meeting. I don't know much about you. Uh, can you talk about like where you live, where you train, maybe a bit about how you got into our sport? Uh, sure. I've uh, I live in Durango, Colorado, where I've lived for seven years now, and I do most of my training here, um, kind of in the foothills of the San Juan Mountains. So. When uh, the big mountains start to open up, I like to run up there, and if not, we have a great town trail system that um, I can run out my front door from, and uh, I kind of forget what else he asked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, just like, give us like a lowdown of like why you chose Durango as a place to be an ultra runner, what makes it a great place to train. You said it's at the foothills of the San Juans, which sounds pretty good to me, but just give us some more insight there. Um, sure. So I, I mentioned before the podcast started that uh, I spent most of my 20s in the Army. Um, and when I got out, I was looking to finish my bachelor's degree. And so I was really just looking for a college town that had mountains nearby. Um, and it was like here or Flagstaff or Ashland, Oregon, or uh, looking at like Chattanooga, Tennessee, those kind of places. Yeah. And uh, eventually settled on Durango, having never been here before. It's just a really difficult place to get to. It's either cost a lot of time or cost a lot of money to get here um yeah. and so i'd never been here before moving here and, and really immediately fell in love with the the area and the people around who is, all kind of have that uh enjoy being here because of the trail running and the outside experience and, and that's yeah do you have like training partners there is there like a pretty thriving ultra running scene i think a running club is is kind of at least we're I've met most of my friends, at least one degree of separation from there. So, um, and yeah, I mean, it's too expensive to live in Durango if you're not into the outdoors and into the running scene. And uh, it's a big biking scene here too, a lot of mountain bikers and, and they do a good job of developing a, a trail network and a community around that as well. Right on. Well, what was your original inspiration to get into our sport? Like, was it a person? Was it a movie? Like, how'd you hear about it? What made you want to like do all this? Uh, back in 2010, uh, my uncle, who's not much of a runner, um, read the book Born to Run, and uh, 
he suggested it to me and I was just out of basic training in the army at that point and uh, he uh, sent me the book and I read it and it really kind of lit a fire as inspired by it um, not so much like dedicate my life to it or anything but just like holy cow humans can run 100 miles like that's definitely something I want to put on the bucket list and, and do before I die and uh, it took me like a year and a half of, of training but I, my first trail race ultra anything was uh, the Ozarks 100 mile race back in 2012 and uh, so that was my first go at it and finished pretty middle of the pack and uh, but it was really hooked by the community and, and just the experience is really I mean as anybody in the sport knows a, a really challenging but rewarding experience to, to finish a race like that and uh, yeah, I was kind of hooked I, I went back and ran that same race in the Ozarks the next three years and um, really improved each time and and um, sometime around that third time decided I, I really want to see how far I can take it so I get, this is a little off topic but I got to ask is the Ozarks is, are those good mountains to run in like are, is that because I just I guess I don't know that scene like north, what, western Arkansas? Yeah, these are in Missouri. So, like, the Ozarks Mountains are, I mean, they they start in, I mean, uh, even parts of them are in Louisiana, Alabama. That's right. And uh, go all the way up through Missouri. Um, they're, like, rolling hills. Um, if you told someone from Colorado or whatever, like, they're mountains. Um, yeah. A little bit different. Um, right. What, what hooked me with that race was kind of the community and the way the race organizers set it up, and it really was just a super positive experience. Cool. Well, I mean, a decade on now, you're a sponsored athlete, you're winning races, you're going top 10 at Western, you work at a running store, you're coaching, I think. like It's become like a big part of your identity. For sure, yeah. Um, each year it changes a little bit and um, kind of I've just grown and adapted with the opportunities that the sport and community have brought to me. I was doing a little bit of research for this episode, scrolling your Instagram, which is pretty interesting, I gotta say. And you seem like the type of athlete that leaves no stone unturned. Like, I saw a post you made about like doing like a metabolic profile evaluation, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, I, I told you I, I came to Durango to go to school and I ended up majoring science. And okay. partly because of the great biking community here, um, it was a really cool experience. Um, so, like, the the internship I did with the college, Fort Lewis, uh, is with a guy who's the alternate for Israel for their mountain biking Olympic team. And just oh, really wow. top-notch knowledge and, and experience and, I mean, a super athlete, too. And so he kind of runs the athlete lab up there at uh, Fort Lewis. And so they have this lab where you can hop on a treadmill and it'll analyze your, your – uh, exhalations and, and give you all the data on how much oxygen you're using, which is kind of interesting. But the part that I really value and I think is good for our sport is it can give you your metabolic data, how many calories you're burning and where that is coming from, whether you're burning fat versus carbs and at what heart rate too. So you can kind of judge like, oh, okay, if I'm at 150 heart rate, I'm burning like 80% of my calories from fat and I need to replenish this much to maintain that pace and that effort. It's absolutely fascinating, like, just to see how much this, when, as the sport grows, like what athletes are doing to become their best athletic selves, to get a competitive advantage. The first thing I think of is like one of my other favorite sports, the NBA, which has become incredibly data-driven to the point where like teams only shoot threes now. And I'm just curious, like with this example, like metabolic profile evaluations, like 
is this one of the stepping stones for athletes to, you know, like I said, leave no stone unturned and um, really approach training and fitness and lifestyle from like a data standpoint. It's just, you know, I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but it's just very interesting to me. It is. And I'm not sure that's like the end all be all to like get better in the sport. Right. I know there are a lot of top guys who are doing it. Yeah. And I mean, the sport is, you know, like just encompasses your whole life. It, it really, yeah, it, it does. Like it matters how well you sleep and how heat adapted you are and like what your diet is and all that stuff comes into play. So it's not just about like maxing out some test on a, a treadmill or something. That's not going to get you on the podium. It's really got to be a good balance of, of everything you do. It's true. But it, it is fun to like think like when you're fighting for that last one, two, three percent of performance, like what lengths you go to to like discover more about your body and what the most efficient way to train and stuff like that. Anyways, um, I love that. And we'll have to do a future episode on stuff like that. But one thing I want to ask you before we get into Western States you did come on my radar actually a couple years back with, I think it was an unsupported FKT on the Tahoe Rim Trail, and then you did Tour de Géant last year. I think you were in the top 10. I love talking to folks like you that are like investing themselves in this long trail stuff. Is that what ultimately appeals to you? Like, Do you want to keep doubling and tripling down on that and doing stuff like the AT and the PCT as well? Um, yeah, I, I don't know about those specifically. Definitely that longer step that really pushes the limits. Um, I know when I got into 200 milers was a few years ago at Tahoe. And uh, I had done a few hundred milers before. And I remember the the previous year I, I ran the bear. And I remember, like, thinking at the start line, like, I'm not scared of this distance anymore. I feel pretty comfortable. Like, I know I'm going to finish this. I know what I have to do. Um, but getting to the line of this 200-mile race at Tahoe the next year, it was, like, a, a lot of question marks. And a lot of unknowns and um i think that definitely appeals to me of going into yeah. that that darkness of just not really knowing what to expect and and kind of challenging yourself to that next level one thing i'm curious about with like folks like you and joe mcconaughey and jeff garmeyer all these guys that are trying to make a career in a sense out of these longer longer distance events what does recovery look like for you like for example how long did it take for you to feel like you were 100 percent again after trt or Tour de Géant, stuff like that? Uh, one, it's a terrible career if you're uh, trying to make it a career. Um, uh, but they're a little different. Um, after Tahoe Rim Trail, that was, I think, 41 hours for me for like the 171 miles. Yeah. Um, and so that was just one night of not sleeping. And I don't think it was that bad. I think I was able to run that next week and felt all right um, and was kind of back to training with it. Uh, Tour de Jeans was a whole nother animal, 230-mile race, and that's not the crazy part. I, I really do think there's close to 90,000 feet of gain on that loop, and yeah. it's just outrageous. There's no easy part of that race. It's just relentless ups and downs the whole way, and that took me like three and a half days or so to finish that one, and I think that I just went a whole lot deeper there. It, it felt like I was messed up for, I mean, months afterwards. I, I really didn't didn't run for at least not training wise run for like a month or so. And then it was kind of ski season in Colorado. So running <laughs> took a backseat anyway. And, um, it wasn't, I don't think I, I broke 50 miles a week. Um, that was in September the race yeah. was, and I don't think I hit 50 miles a week until like March or April. It was just yeah, yeah. a long time of, of just <laughs> recovering, I, I guess. No, I feel that. I feel that. Well, it's, you know, 
it's one of the front it's one of the many frontiers of our sport and like i have a co-host brett hornick who's a who's a coach in the sport and he he calls the entire preparation for it like a bunch of black voodoo magic so anyways yeah. uh, <laughs> let's talk about western states you had a great race last year like you were top 10 i think you got eighth and uh, i'm curious like just now that you're a veteran of the race what lessons are you taking from that experience that you've applied to your training this year um, I was eighth for a minute, and then uh, Hayden Hawks got requalified again, so I ended up finishing ninth. He had like okay. a, a where I think they disqualified him, and then it, he sh- never should have been disqualified. But gotcha. so yeah, I ended up ninth last year. Um, I don't know. It's it's like such a, a I don't feel like I'm an expert or anything at the race, you know, I've ran it once and it was an incredibly hot year last year. I think, uh, Auburn got to one Oh two and I heard some crazy numbers about how hot the Canyon was and the 10 day forecast just came out. So it's only supposed to be 90 in Auburn this year. So somewhere in like the 10 to 12 degrees cooler this year. Um, but, uh, I think I, in a lot of ways lucked out last year as I got in off the lottery and off the wait list too. So I was, uh, you know, I wasn't up there when they're making the the announcements for runners to watch or didn't right. make Iron Fars list or anything like that. So I, I felt like I had nothing to prove last year. Um, whereas this year, it, it feels like I uh, there's some pressure to, to perform well and and to not lay an egg out there, you know, and less of that feeling of, of having a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Well, like, what if, what were you focusing on? Like, I saw you did a ton of time, I think, in in Arizona and in the Grand Canyon. Was was heat training, for example, a big focus this time around? Uh, to be focusing on heat, that was back in April. Um, that was kind of just building up mileage. I uh, went down there with a friend, Devin, who's a, a really good runner, running St. Juan Solstice this weekend. Um, but, yeah, we just kind of went out there and said it's time to get in shape and, and started running a bunch of miles. And, yeah, ran in the Grand Canyon, had a bunch of good runs in Sedona and Flagstaff area. And that was kind of just the kickoff of, of running season for me. Um, it's really difficult to run here in, in Durango in the wintertime, at least a ton of mileage. It's just, yeah. the, you know, it's, it's winter and mud and everything. Um, and it's more enjoyable to do other stuff. So that was kind of the transition for me to, to really start training for Western. Um, and just in the last couple of weeks, I've really been focusing on heat training, just trying to get out in the middle of the day at the hottest and uh, time. And I think I'm finally coming around the corner on that. It's uh, It's been a, a tough road just surviving in the heat. Right on. Well, I think you've said recently that the confidence in the Stoke for Western states are at an all-time high. So what are your expectations from this for this race from – like a, a competition standpoint uh, man it's so tough to know like um you know it's tough to know what people are going to do going out um i, I really kind of just got to run my own race and, and do the best that i can um run the paces through the mountains in the beginning that, that i'm comfortable with and and kind of just do what i know best you know stay on top of calories and and make sure i'm eating and drinking enough and and uh enjoying the experience too i think that's a, a important part of it to if you're not miserable you're gonna probably have a better race um but yeah as, as far as like trying to stay with it i don't even really think about Top that 10? it's kind of 
That'd be great. Yeah, I definitely think I'm, I'm capable of that. Um, had some really good races this spring, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about, um, yeah, if things go well at Western, I, yeah, I think that's definitely in the wheelhouse. Well, we're excited to follow the race. Uh, the last question I have for you is gear related. What are you, what are you using? What are you wearing on race day from like head to toe? Um, that's been something that I've been pretty excited about this spring as far as, uh, I've been a vest guy my whole life. Every, every race I've ever ran, um, and I've ditched the vest this spring to run in some, uh, rabbit shorts. They're called shredder shorts that have the, a, uh, stretchy waistband that I can stuff bottles in and, uh, then just wearing a, a sh- nice little skimpy uh, singlet top, and I don't know what hat yet or anything. And then uh, either stance or darn tough socks. And then Lone Peak shoes have been what I've worn for almost everything. I mean, Tour de Jean's, the TRT trail, and uh, every race this year I've worn Lone Peaks. I think it's a, a really solid shoe. Speaking of Ultra, I think one of the greatest shoes of all time is the ultra duo and that's a great western state shoe by the way as well i'm super bummed that they discontinued that line it's a great the shoe. duo i i started um with the tahoe 200 race i started in the duo um but it was just it was so dusty out that it's a road shoe right so it didn't really have that uh protection on the top to keep dust out right, the upper so, was weird yeah so yeah ditch it like 10 miles in and switch to a different shoe but yeah i'm with you i really like that that super light feel and uh, a lot of cushion on that shoe well cool man it's been great to get to know you i really appreciate the time thanks for adding to the excitement at western states in a couple days we'll be following along i'll make sure to link to all your socials in the show notes but anything else you want to leave the audience with before we go yeah just excited to get out there and and kind of experience the whole race it really is like the the super bowl of of 100 milers it's it's so different from what i got into the sport running like ozarks 100 miler you know there were 60 people who finished the race and about 70 people who cared about the race so it's quite a different experience going out to california and seeing crowds of people at the start video cameras everywhere it's just pretty outrageous awesome brother well soak up the experience and we wish you luck all right thanks man Hey folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before you leave, if you are a new listener, I have a favor to ask. Could you leave a rating and review of this show in your podcast player? If you could, it would mean a lot to me because it helps more passionate trail runners like yourself discover this show. Regardless, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back soon with many more interviews around Western States. Until then... I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and you have been listening to the Single Track Podcast.